Philippians chapter 4, verse 48. Will you read it with me? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so I pray that this week, you're finished memorizing this passage of scripture and to constantly remind yourself of how to win over anxiety. Uh, when I lived in Pensacola, and I lived in Pensacola, Florida, from the time I graduated high school, I was from up here and I moved down there to attend Bible college. And then I stayed there for a little bit longer till 2009, and almost 18, um, 17 years. And I lived there, and um, that's where I met my awesome wife right there in Pensacola, Florida. I brought the beach girl back to Michigan, and she's been um, ever since mad at me, but that's okay. Um, we worked through it. We worked through it. And, uh, but listen, Pensacola is one of the most beautiful, beautiful cities that you can visit. Got one of the most beautiful beaches that, in the world. I, I, I mean, I honestly believe that. Sugar white sand, you know, the, the emerald, kind of greenish blue looking waters. And uh, it's just gorgeous. And that the town itself had this southern charm, meet the beach. And it's just amazing. Another cool thing about, about Pensacola, it, it, it's the home of the Naval Air Station. And, and, and it's where the Blue Angels are from. And, they, and that's their home. And uh, if you know the Blue Angels, those are fighter jets that love to fly real close and, and fly, I mean, they do some amazing stuff in the, in the sky. And, I, and, and, and you can actually go, it's one of the very few bases in our country where you can actually go and, and as a civilian, uh, be, go on the base. In fact, when I lived there, you could go almost anywhere on the base, anywhere. And I know there's a little bit more restrictions since we moved, but you can still go on Pensacola Naval Air Station. They've got a, an amazing museum, and of course, they've got some other stuff that's happening. You can actually go there, and I love going there from time to time, you know, and, and do some ministry when I live in Pensacola. In fact, you know, some of the Marines that we were able to minister to and um, you know, one of them, I'm discipling still. And uh, he watches online with us. He's already watched the first service. He'll probably watch the second service. He's from Amarillo, Texas. He watches us every week. And, uh, and uh, last night, he texted me and praying for me. And he said, hey, I'm praying for you. And he said, by the way, what's the letter M? You know, and, and that, you know, if, if you're new, if you, you understand what that means in a minute. But, you know, we're going to talk about the M word today. And I told him, I, you're just going to have to watch, you know. We have another guy on the, on the Naval Air Base. He was a Marine. And he asked us recently, you know, to, hey, can you, um, uh, can you mentor us? You know, he's a pastor in Wyoming. And God has just recently called him and his wife to pastor a church. And, uh, and so we got some Strong connection to Pensacola Naval, the Naval Air Station. I love going there, and many times I just love to sit on the edge 
of the, of the airfield and just watch the fighter jets land and take off. I mean, it's just amazing. And, and one of the busiest, one of the most important, probably the most stressful space or uh, spot on that Pensacola Naval Air Station or for any airport is the air traffic control tower. I mean, you've got to be on your A game all the time. Right? And, and these guys are controlling everything that's coming in and whether they're going to land or take off. I mean, they're making sure that all fit together. Air traffic controller. And here's what I want to talk about today. Just like an air traffic controller controls the planes when they land and take off, you and I, we are called to be air traffic controllers of our own minds, of the thoughts that comes in and whether they land or not. Now, listen, you say, God, I, I, can't, I can't control every thought. And, and you're exactly right. You cannot control every thought that flies into your mind. Just like in a regular air traffic control tower, they can't control every plane that flies into the airspace. But you can control what thoughts you're allowed to land and what thoughts you're allowed to say, get out. You can control that. And so the big idea that we're going to learn is this. The big idea, if you're taking notes, is that you don't control every thought that flies into your mind. But you can control which one that you allow to land. Martin Luther, the great reformer, he said it like this. You cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. We have to learn, right? We have to learn how to become an air traffic controller for our mind. Let, let's see what Paul says in verse 8. Again, he's talking about anxiety. Verse number 8, he said, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever true, noble, Right, pure, lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, or to think about such thing. And so at the air traffic controller of your mind, this is your checklist. This is what you're looking at. And we're going to think about such thing. Think about. The word think about in the Greek language is the word logizomai. Logizomai. And you can see the word, the English word that we get from it, logic. I don't know if you can make that connection. Logizomai. Logic. In other words, it's logical. Paul's saying that we are to have some logic and have some reason to deal with our anxiety. But unfortunately, we don't fight anxiety with logic. Instead, we fight, we fight anxiety with our emotions. We fight it with, with, with our feelings. Now, you need to understand, logic in your brain lives 
had a pretty good real estate in your mind right here in the front. It lived right here in the front part of your brain. That's where, that's where your intelligence comes from. That's a big chunk of it. Now, right around the middle of your brain, it's a little part, really little part, and that's where your emotions come from. That's where your feelings come from. And oftentimes, we allow our feelings, our emotions, trump the bigger logical part of our brain. We fight with our feelings. Remember in week one, we said this. We said that fear sees a threat and it reacts. In other words, that's your logic at work. It's looking at a situation, it's looking at a threat, and it's assessing the situation. At the front part of your brain, it's gonna tell you, it's like, okay, do I need to fight this thing or do I need to run from this thing? That's a healthy fear right here. And you're assessing the situation. That, that's logic. However, we also said that anxiety imagines a threat. It imagines a threat and it can't move on. Again, that's not using the logical part of your brain. It's, it's allowing your emotions, your feelings, guide you. Which is never a great idea to do. I mean, think about this. We all, we all know this to be true. It's never a good idea to make important decisions when you're angry. I mean, you all agree with that, right? I mean, when you're angry, that's not the time to make decisions. Or when you're tired, or when you're under a great amount of stress. You know, those are times where you gotta be careful, you know, about making big decisions. You know, because we're driven, sometimes we're driven by our impulse. That's why it's always a bad idea when Karen sends me to the store to pick up three or four things right before dinner. Well, what's happening? I'm hungry. And when I walk in the grocery store, everything looks good. And so that three or four items that you want me to pick up, you know, the milk and the egg, all of a sudden, junk food starts to get added to the grocery list. Because you never should go shopping when you're hungry. And you come home, and I got about four or five bags, you know, and Karen's like, what are you doing? You know, I said, oh, you know, I, I, I thought of some extra stuff that we need. And Karen's like, no, we don't need this stuff. What happened? I was driven by my gut feelings. It's never a good idea to be driven by our feelings. And so Paul tells us that we're to use logic to develop our minds in such a way to fight anxiety. And we need to retrain. Many of us need to retrain our mind in the way you think. This is so true for all of us if you're taking note. Not every thought that comes into your mind is worthy to think about. It's not worthy of thinking about. And so we have to retrain our mind to understand what to think about. Now, every thought that comes to your mind, my goodness, some of your thoughts, 
If you, if you allow those thoughts to come in your mind, if you allow those thoughts to linger, it, it, it can be so destructive, not just to you, but to the people around you. And you say, what, God, what, what do I do? Uh, how, what do I allow in my mind? Uh, and Paul tells us. He gives us a list. He says in Philippians 4, verse 8, he said, whatever is true. By the way, whatever is true, it, 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 that eliminates a lot of things, doesn't it? That eliminates a lot of things. You know what the word means? It means, you know, not true. It's not imaginary. Remember, anxiety imagines a threat. It doesn't know how to respond. They imagine these false threats, and it paralyzes us. So whatever is true, this is the list. Paul said, this is the list. We're to filter through our mind. Whatever is true, right, noble, pure, lovely, admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. We're to think about, legitimize. We need to use our logic. In other translations, you will see, think about, Translated as the word meditate. 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 What to think about, what to meditate. Let's look what we've looked look at so far in this series. Week one, we talk about the C word, which means celebrate. We're to celebrate who God is, that He is good, that He is in control. Belief precedes behavior. No matter what situation you're in, good or bad, we always believe and rejoice in the fact that God is good. He's in control. Letter A stands for ask. But to ask God for help, prayer and petition. Let your request be made known to God. That word request means, man, get specific. Don't get vague in your prayers. Don't just say, hey, God, you know, help me with my anxiety. No, name it. Name your anxiety. Talk to God like you would talk to a counselor. And unload. Cast all your anxiety upon him for he cares for you. Letter L, last week we talked about listing the things that you're grateful for. List your blessing with thanksgiving. Right? We're to, we're, to, we're to thank God for the blessing. We're doing better. Listen, we are doing better than we deserve, don't we? Grace upon grace upon grace. And it's so easy to get focused on all the negativity around us that we forget the blessings. So lift your blessings, count your blessings. And today, we're going to meditate only on what's good. This, this is the blueprint from going from chaos to calm. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. We'll talk about what it means to be calm. So we gotta meditate, and today we're gonna talk about meditation. Now meditation is really misunderstood in our society. In fact, we, we, we think to think about meditation as someone who is um, sitting on the floor with their legs crossed, you know, with their hands up like this, and they're making a, 
noise like a humming sound out of their mouth and they got their eyes closed and they're meditating. In fact, Eastern meditation, which is such a thing, but Eastern meditation teaches, you know, it teaches the person to empty, to empty your mind, to, to live a life of emptiness, to be empty-minded. But is that what Paul telling us to do? Absolutely not. As I study, listen, as I study meditation in the scripture, and we see it all through the scripture, not one time do I see the idea of meditation meaning to empty your mind. In fact, I see the opposite. You, you don't empty your mind when you meditate. Instead, when you meditate, you feel it. For example, let me show you an example. Psalm 119, verse 15 and 16. The psalmist, he says, I meditate on nothing. Is that what it says? No. What do you do? He said, I meditate on your precept. I meditate on your law. I meditate, I meditate on your word. And then he said, I consider. I'm thinking about your ways. I'm examining the way you do things, God. I want to study you. I'm considering your ways. He said in verse 16, he says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Listen, that's where you're going to find your truth. That's where you're going to find my truth. You're going to find my truth and God's word. Every time, your truth about how you shall live is not what the world is teaching, but what God teaches. And so we're not going to neglect his word. And here's the point. Here's what we're to do. We're taking note to battle anxiety. We're, we're to, you don't empty your mind, right? Instead, you fill it with what's good. You fill it with what's good. Let me uh, give you a visual illustration. Maybe this will help you, maybe it won't, but let me give you uh, an illustration of what I'm talking about. Let's just say that this right here represent your mind. Now you know, Satan, he, he got loaded up on a 747 airplane filled up with anxious thoughts. And he is constantly bombarding your mind, right? He is constantly trying to fly in, and he wants you to be filled with what ifs, with anxious thoughts of what ifs, what ifs. Let's say this right here represent your anxious thoughts, the, the what ifs. You know, what, what, what if I lose my job, right? What if, what if I, or my family, our finances get ruined? What if? What, what if something terrible happens to my kids? What if, what if my marriage gets ruined? What if no one 
ever loved me? What if, what if I, don't ever, I never find true love? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? And we fill our minds with what ifs. And for some of us, this is where we live. What if? Let me ask you a question. Can you live a positive life if your mind is full of negative thoughts? No. Someone says, is that right? (laughs) You can't. No. We can't. So we have to retrain our mind. We need to understand that our life is impacted by the thought that we allow to land in our mental space. So what are we going to do? Well, we're the empty. Garbage in, garbage out. I was taught that as a kid. Garbage in, garbage out. But the empty of those thoughts. Don't let them land. Don't let them linger. All right? But then, you know, don't be empty either. Don't be empty-minded. Right? None of us should live empty-minded. I know some of you wives are thinking, well, have you met my husband? <laughs> no, not true. Come on. Come on. Just because we don't talk as much doesn't mean that we're empty-minded. So what do we do? Part saying is, you need to go back to what's good. You need to fill your mind. And what do you feel like? It's to fill your mind on, on what is true. We fill our mind with what's noble, what's right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy. We fill it to the brim. We fill it to the brim of our mind. We fill our stuff like that. And let me show you. Let me show you what happened. You see, when we fill our minds with what's good, pure, and holy all the time, when, when the negative thoughts, and they're still going to try to get in. They're still going to look for ways to land the plane. They're going to still come in. But there's not going to be any room for the negative, anxious thought to hang out when your mind is filled with what's good. In fact, this should be on your handout notes. This is so great, but it's not. <laughs> All right, so here it is. The more you fill your mind with what's good, the less room there is for the things that are not good. This is what we're told to do. To become an air traffic controller of our minds and let the good thoughts land in your minds. Someone says, Scott, I, I don't think I can do that. I have lived, Scott, I have lived with anxiety my whole life. I just don't know that I can get past my anxiety. I, I, Scott, I have been told that it's all chemical. That it's all chemical. No, no, listen, listen to me, listen. It's more spiritual than you imagine. 
I'm not negating that there's things that you need to talk to with the therapist, the counselor. Absolutely, they, God has provided those. But in every situation, that's why I tell people when they go to a counselor, I have to make sure it's a biblical counselor. Spiritual, more spiritual than you can imagine. If, if, if you're here and you say, man, I just can't get past this. I can't get past this anxiety in my life. Let, let me speak some truth unto you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, my friend, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. The same Spirit of God that breathed life into humanity. The same Spirit of God that parted the Red Sea. The same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the grave. Don't you think that the Spirit of God can come into your life and come to your heart and thoughts and take care of your anxiety? Of course you can. Of course you can. But we list, so many of us are listening and believing in a lie from Satan, from the evil one. He wants, he wants you to be in prison and anxiety. And so we have to start renewing our minds. Check out this first, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul wrote this. He said, we demolish arguments and every pretension. Not true. He said, we want to fight every untrue thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then he said, we take captive every thought. Every thought we take captive and we make it obedient to Christ. Man, what I love about this, it's the, it's the word captive. And from the original language, it literally means this, to arrest someone, to capture someone, but with a weapon. Oh, I love that. You capture someone with a weapon, like a sword or spear. Word to use, here's what, here's what the Bible says. Word to use a weapon to capture every thought. And you're thinking, well, I don't have a weapon. What are you talking about? Oh, if you're a father of Jesus, you have a weapon. In Ephesians chapter 6, we see the armor of God that he provides for every believer of Jesus Christ. And then he gives us a weapon. It's the only weapon that he gives us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, the Bible said that the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is your weapon. It is your sword. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it said, for the Word of God is alive and active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges, it discerns, discerns the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I'm going to use this book, God's Word, to judge every thought, to discern every thought thought that comes to my mind, and I'm going to make it obedient to Christ. 
How? I'm going to use God's word. Every time, I'm going to use God's word. And Paul gives us that powerful list in Philippians 4, verse 8, as we are air traffic controllers of the thought that flies into our mind. Now listen, listen, some of you, you have struggled with anxiety for so long that you have chemically rewired your brain to think that that's it that you're just anxious, and there's nothing you can do about it. But you need to understand that your brain, your human brain, is pliable. Just like the muscles on your body is pliable. You can retrain your mind. It's gonna take time. It's not gonna happen overnight. Just like, you know, if I decide I wanna get buff, and rip. Now I can't just go into the gym one time and work out. Alright? And, and expect me to be buff and rip. I'm gonna feel it. I'm gonna feel sore. I'm gonna have nothing to show for it on day one. Y'all know what I'm saying? But if I keep doing it every time, every day I work out. And six months later, I can see a difference. Listen, your brain the same way. It's the same way. You got to retrain it every, every day. So, what are you anxious about? Remember, you got to name it. Don't say, oh, God, I'm just anxious about anxiety. No, 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 no. I want you to name it. Name your anxiety. Get specific. Maybe for some of you, your anxiety has something to do with finances. You know, you wonder if the business could have survived. You wonder if you're gonna lose your job. And if we lose our job, if we're gonna lose our house. And if we lose our house, am I gonna lose my marriage? We wonder what that would do to you. Some of you, you're constantly worried about something terrible that could happen to you or someone that you love. And it's a constantly worried, worried, and worried. Maybe for some of you, your anxiety is centered around this idea of love. And maybe you wonder if someone is ever going to love you. Or maybe you wonder if, if, if God could ever love you. Or maybe you wonder if the person you're married to will always continue to love you. So, so what is the category of anxiety that continues to fill your mind? Uh, let me just be transparent for a few minutes. Let me just be transparent. I, I have moments in my life where I struggle. I struggle with personal self-esteem. And, and if I'm not careful, I can get anxious. That comes with my background of you know, being 80% deaf, and a speech impediment. All that comes to play. And I, I, can, I can have a great day 
and things are going well, but then the negative thought that Satan wants to bring into my mind, that I'm not good enough. And if I'm not careful, if I allow that to land, it can take me to a place, to a dark place. I'm like, man, I'm not worthy. I should not be here. I should not be the pastor. I begin to think, y'all crazy for coming to hear me every Sunday? I said, why in the world will you come hear me? I mean, I begin to get in that place. And when I get in that place, I have to pull out Philippians 4.8. I said, what's true? And I have to capture every thought. I have to arrest those thoughts with my weapon. And I got some go-to verses. When I get in that place, I go to my go-to verses. Here's one of them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. You know what that means? You're valuable. That tells me that I am a one of a kind. You're, hey, listen. You're looking at the greatest Scott Blanchard you've ever seen. Because there's only one. There's only me. I'm a one of a kind, and so are you. You are valuable. And then it says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good thing he planned for us long ago. And I tell you, I remind myself, I capture those thoughts with this verse. I am worthy. I, I'm not perfect, but God, you can use me. I'm not a failure. I am special in the sight of God. But some of you, you need to stop lingering on the thoughts that are not true. You need to stop it. You need to stop on the thoughts that are not true, lovely, pure, and you need to start claiming the truth from God's word to resist, to arrest those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Now, for some of you here today, you believe in this lie. You believe in a lie that I'm so weak, I'll never be strong. The Bible says that when you're weak, God has the ability. God has the ability to make you strong. The Bible says and some of you believe in the lie. Some of you believe in this lie. I know that I'll always be alone. I'll always be alone. But one of the most repeated promises in all of God's word is that God says, that God said, I'll never leave you. Don't forsake you. Over and over and over again. Some of you believe the lie that no one's ever going to love me. A friend, you're so loved by God. You're a child of God. Some of you say, you know, I, I'll never be good. I'm, I'm, I'm not beautiful. Man, it's a lie. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you believe in a lie. Scott, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. Now, God's spirit in you 
is more powerful than you can ever think or imagine. And he has equipped you to do everything that he wants you to do. You are, my friend, good enough. God, I, I, I'll never overcome anxiety. But you can. You can. And Philippians 4 tells us how. It teaches us that we can stop believing in the lies and start meditating on only what's good. And so how do you do that? How do I meditate on what's good? How do I get strong in this area? Two quick takeaways. Number one, stay in God's word every single day. If you're only coming to church on Sunday for God's reading, for reading God's word, you're going to miss it. Read God's word, and as you read God's word, you're going to find your go-to verses. And when you find those verses, you highlight it, you claim it, you put it down on a piece of paper, and, you, and then when those thoughts, those anxious, negative thoughts come flying in, you battle it with your verses. You stay in God's word every day. And then you surround yourself with God's people every week. That's why community is important. That's why we are so big on life groups. That's why I can be around other Christians and they can speak life into me and I can speak life into them. When we were virtual for two or three months back in 2020, that was devastating because that's yeah, true. We had church in our, in our homes, but we missed the power of community. Surround yourself with God's people every week. And for some of you, it's time to make a change in the way you think. No, you can't control every thought that flies into your mind. But you have more power, you have more control than you could ever imagine over what you allow to land. And so, I want to summarize the whole series, and we're done. I gave you those four words. And each one have a thought. I'm hoping if you can memorize these four words, the acrostic to come, and you find it all in this passive scripture, Philippians chapter 4. But celebrate. We ask. We lift. And we meditate. Maybe that's something you put down on a card, three by five card, post-it note, journal. And every time anxiety kicks in, you look at these four words and remember what we talk about. Take up your Bible and fight and capture and arrest those thoughts with the word of God. Remember the quote from Matt Ducato, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable. But we need to understand that the prison of anxiety is optional. It's optional if you will only begin to rely on God's strategies to overcome it. It's going to take work 
take what kind of part? But with the power of God in you, the Spirit of God living through you, my friend, you can be calm and find peace in the middle of your most anxious season of life. Maybe there's someone here as we close. Maybe there's someone here. Uh, you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. But boy, you can find calm in Christ. You need to have a relationship with Christ. You cannot do this without Christ. And if you're here today and you need to talk to someone at the end of our service, we have a prayer team up here to talk to someone. Say, you know, I don't know about my relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, don't leave without getting the matter settled. Let's talk to someone today about what it means to be a child of God. And then you, begin, you can begin to face a world full of uncertainties. You can be calm because of Jesus. God, we thank you for all of us here today. There was a lot that we unpack today and a lot that we unpack every week. And I pray, God, that we would take it to heart for what we talk about in the four weeks. Help us to celebrate that you're good and you're in control. God, help us to talk to you, to ask for help from you and be specific. God, help us with our perspectives by listing the things that we're grateful for. And then today, God, we talk about meditation. Meditate on what's true, right, pure, lovely. God, I pray that we think on those things. I pray that we stay in your word every day and that we surround ourselves with people, that with people of God every week. And so God, we thank you for the blessings. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.